Well, Merry Christmas, Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us today. So Merry Christmas to all of our uh, locations, uh, Torrington, New Britain, Terryville, online, on TV. We are so grateful to have you as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ our Lord, and that is something worth celebrating. My name is Judah, and I'm lead pastor here, and, and we just are so grateful that of all the places that you could be right now, you've chosen to be here with us. And, and you know, it's kind of funny because uh, some, some of you maybe are here for the first time, or maybe we haven't seen you in a while. Maybe we haven't seen you since last Christmas or something, and you come and you're like, why does he always talk about the same thing? You know, it's like, if you show up on Christmas, we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, but come next week and we'll talk about something different, okay? So, uh, but we are so grateful that you are here with us now, and we're going to be talking about, yes, the birth of, uh, of, of Jesus, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, um, around this time of year, one of the things that we love to do is we love to watch movies, right? Uh, anybody love movies? Anybody love Christmas movies specifically? Okay, you know, there's, there's a secret to, to making good movies. Now, now Christmas movies, man, I, I love them. So on the count of three, I want you to shout out your favorite Christmas movie, okay? So here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, I heard a lot of stuff, but, but the one I heard loudest was Home Alone. So, um, some of you are like, die hard. Is it a Christmas movie or not? I don't know. I'm not going to open up that can of worms uh, for you guys. But, but there's so many great, great Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas stories. There's Elf. There's, you know, Christmas Carol. There's, you know, White Christmas. There, there's so many uh, great Christmas movies out there. A and then there's the other Christmas movies, right? These are the ones that are put out every year. Like, how do they churn out? Like, how does Hallmark and Lifetime keep coming up with Christmas movies? You know, they got Christmas with a View and California Christmas and Princess Switch, one, two, and three, and, and, and Christmas Prince, one, two, and three, and Gingerbread Romance and Christmas and the Smokies and Merry Kissmas. Ah, oh, you're like, how do you know all these? Because I've seen most of them, okay? I'm a sucker for a good, cheesy uh, Christmas romance movie. You know, you know but, but, but Hallmark, you know, they, they understand how to make movies in, in their own way, right? You got somebody who hates Christmas and somebody who loves Christmas, and then they meet, and the person who loves Christmas helps the person who hates Christmas to love Christmas and love themselves, and three days later they get married on Christmas Eve. It, it's a beautiful formula. But, but the real secret of, of movies is not so much in that, right? The, the real secret of really good movies is, is tragedy and triumph. Tragedy and triumph or, or conflict, right? It's like, like when bad things happen. Now, if, if the movie had only good things that happened, it would not be a very interesting and a not, not a very engaging movie. In fact, for me personally, I enjoy movies that don't have a predictable ending. I like the twists and the turns, and you think it's going one way and something else happens. Like, I love movies like that. But we like it. We like seeing the, the, the tragedy and the triumph. And that's how a good movie is. It's, it's like when all hope seems lost. When I was younger, I grew up watching 
uh, westerns. Anybody else like, like uh, cowboy movies, westerns? Okay, a few of you. You know, um, now, now the westerns back then were made a little differently than maybe the westerns are of today. But generally speaking, at some point in the movie, the good guys would be outnumbered by the bad guys. And it would seem like all hope is lost. And it would seem like they're saying their last goodbyes. This is their last stand, their last chance. And, and all hope is lost. And then on the horizon comes the cavalry. You know, the, the mounted troops. And they come in and they're riding on the horse. And it changes the tide of whatever battle they're facing. And they come in, they swoop in. And, and help is delivered. And now they have hope. It's an unexpected twist. It's an unexpected hope that they bring along. Now, when all hope is lost, then hope shows up in that moment. At the time where everyone feels like giving up when it seems like there's no way out, suddenly it's there. This is how great movies are made. Whether it's movies like, like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, or any of the, the Avengers movies or any great movie, it has this, this tragedy but in the nick of time, hope shows up, and it was in an unexpected way. Suddenly, it's there. And your notes, if you're taking them, hope has a way of turning up when we need it the most. Has a hope, uh, has, a, has a, uh, an, a way of just turning up. When it seems like all hope is lost, it shows up. See, when the world was hopeless, hope came on the scene. If you've ever read any of the Bible, you may know that it's broken up into kind of two divisions. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is like the old contract. It's the Hebrew Bible. It's the history of the Jewish nation. And, and it kind of documents God dealing with the Jews, with the Israelites. And then there's the New Testament, and this is where Jesus comes on the scene. This is when Jesus was born and crucified and raised to life again, and then the spread of the early church. But between the Old Testament and the New Testament is about 400 years. They call it 400 years of quiet, where God wasn't speaking much. It was dark times. They didn't know what was going. They knew there was prophecies of, of a Messiah, but they had not heard anything. And in this dark time, in this time of tragedy, in this time when it seemed like everything was hopeless, Jesus came and was born. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, it says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. For those who sat in darkness, they sat in darkness not even just for 400 years, but for thousands of years. They, a light shined, and it came into the darkness. This light shone. And you notice, hope often shows up when we least expect it. When we're going through the dark times, when we're going through difficulties, when we're going through tragedy, when we're going through circumstances that are beyond our control, hope shows up. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to this earth to give us hope. Has your life ever felt hopeless? Have you ever felt hopeless before? Have you ever given up hope? Maybe not on, on your life or on something else. Maybe it's even something small and inconsequential, like, like perhaps you're playing a game with someone. And, you know, my, my dad and I, we used to play chess a lot growing up, and, and we would play chess, and, and we really enjoyed it. We would have sometimes games that would go on for days after, you know, days on end. We would come, we'd make a move, and, and at some point as, as you play 
chess long enough, you can begin to predict the other person's moves. And I remember sometimes when I'm playing chess and I look at the board, I'm saying, you know what? I got a lot of moves left, but there's no way I can win. And you give up hope. You throw in the towel. You knock the king over and say, you know what? I'm going to forfeit it. When I used to be really into arm wrestling, I was arm wrestling with this guy, and his name was Big Mike, and he was literally big. He was 450 pounds, and I was arm wrestling him, and I was giving it all I got. All I got, I was pushing as hard as I can on the table, and I'm just pushing it, and eventually I just said, oh, I can't do it anymore. And he looked at me and says, you give up too easily. I said, well, I had no hope. <laughs> of course I'm going to give up. You're 450 pounds. He said, but you give up too easily. Sometimes we give up. We give up easily when we run out of hope. See, when we give up, it's because we've lost hope in something. Have you ever given up on something? Maybe you've given up on a job. Perhaps you've given up on a relationship. Perhaps you've given up on, on school. Maybe you've even given up on God. Maybe it's even a stretch for you to be here. Somebody bribed you with lunch or dinner or something like that. Somebody bribed you with a Christmas gift or something. Hey, if you come to church, I'll stop nagging you. And you're here and you're like, I'm just here just to satisfy somebody so they'll stop nagging me. We are glad that you're here. We are glad that you're here. But sometimes we give up even on God. But why, why do we give up? In your notes, we give up because we lose hope. We've lost hope, so therefore we give up. Losing hope always comes before giving up on something. That's why we give up. See, you don't give up on something when you have hope. If there's hope that things are going to turn around, if there's hope that things are going to get better, if there's hope for brighter days, well, we're never going to give up. So where is your hope? Where do you put your hope? For some of us, we put our hope in relationships. And guess what? Relationships can and will let you down. Maybe you put hope in circumstances, and then circumstances don't turn out the way you hoped they would. Some of us, we put hope in our money. It's so easy to lose that. Maybe you put hope in, in, in your job. Well, that could change very easily. Some of you put hope in politics. Good luck with that one. Some of us, we put hope in our, in our health, and we're only one diagnosis away from losing all of our hope. See, this hope that I'm talking about is not a, not a wishful thought, as sometimes we use the word hope. Well, I just hope tomorrow is a good day. I just hope I get the job. I just hope my lucky numbers will win me the lottery. You know, we, we just say, I just hope something. And it's like we're wishing upon a star. No, the hope that the Bible talks about is not wishing upon a star. It's not some random wish. It's not some wishful thought. See, it's hope, not in a circumstance, not in a thing, but in a person. It says in the book of Psalm, Psalm 39, verse 7, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope? That's a question we should ponder today. Where do I put my hope? Where do I put my hope? He says, so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Can we answer the question the same way the psalmist did? Is our only hope in God or is our hope in something else? It's saying put your hope in the Lord. And you know, lasting hope is only found in Jesus. You will not find hope in anything else. You will not find hope in the more accumulation of wealth or things. You will not find hope in education, in careers. You will not find hope in anything other than Jesus. And when you put your hope in Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. See, hope shines through in the darkest hour. Think about your own life. 
times where hope came unexpectedly. In the nick of time, where it seemed like all hope was lost, maybe someone came through with a kind word in a tough time, or, or an opportunity came out of nowhere, and just when you thought all hope was lost, hope came through. Well, hope showed up on a starry night in Bethlehem when Jesus, our Savior, was born. And hope gives us a reason to live. Hope is what motivates us to keep on going, to keep moving forward. Without hope, we would all give up. That's what keeps us around is that we have hope. Without hope, we would give up. See, you can have hope even with a bad diagnosis. You can have hope even if you did not get the bonus you were hoping for. You may even say to yourself, I don't know, it seems like everything is going wrong in my life, but yet I still have hope, and I don't even know why I still have hope, but my hope is in Jesus. See, that's because my hope goes deeper than the problems that I face. My hope goes deeper. It goes into God's word. It goes into Jesus, saying it's not my, my hope based on a person or on an outcome, but my, my, my hope is based on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When Paul wrote his first letter to his apprentice Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1.1, he says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, and he's appointed by the command of God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. See, that's what Christ Jesus does. He gives us hope. Hope to carry on. Hope to, to fight another day. Hope to, to, to move on in the face of adversity. Hope to not give up. See, in your notes, real hope is hoping when things seem hopeless. See, sometimes we face situations in life that seem hopeless. But can we have hope even in that? Sure, we can have hope when the situation seems hopeless, when we realize that our hope is not in the outcome of that situation, but when our hope is in Christ our Lord. See, Jesus came at just the right time. And he brought hope into a hopeless world. Maybe you came today feeling like the shepherds did. If you know the story of Christmas, you know that the angels appeared to the shepherds, and the shepherds were out in the countryside. Very likely, they were feeling alone. They were feeling forgotten. They're trudging away at their blue-collar jobs. They're, they're working out there while everyone else is home. They're out there tending the sheep, tending their flocks. They're out there. If the angels would appear to anyone to announce the birth of a Messiah, it would certainly be the kings and the, the leaders, the religious people. But no, the angels came and appeared to the shepherds. But perhaps you're feeling like the shepherds, alone and forgotten, trudging away day after day. Perhaps you feel more like the wise men who were seeking and looking for answers. They were investigating to see, is there truth? Is there not truth? Is there a Messiah? They're following the star on a whim that maybe it'll lead to someone who can bring them hope. Maybe you came down and depressed and discouraged. Perhaps you came with feelings of anger and apathy and anxiety. Maybe you feel like giving up. Perhaps you feel like giving in, like all hope is lost. Maybe you're sick and tired and stressed and wired and you don't know how you can ever go through another day much less how do we make it through the holidays with all the family and all the, the buying and all the, 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 the stress and all the, the, the expenses and all the drama and all the, you know, it's funny how Christmas can make us feel that way. Like, like, like the very holiday that should bring us hope is causing us stress and fear and financial ruin. Someone's saying, I don't know how I'm ever going to financially recover from this. You know, we're going to be paying for this for months, but we want to have hope. 
We want to have hope, hope for the future. You know, we may not know all the details about our future. We may not know how we're going to make it through. We may not know what's going to happen. We may not know why the situations in life are coming at us. We, don't, we may not know, know when everything is going to come together, but I do know who I can place my hope in. Are you, are you drifting today in your life? Are you drifting and wandering? Are you feeling negative and worried? Are you drowning in a sea of self-pity? Focused on me, myself, and I. It's time for us to get our hopes up. Has anybody ever said to you, don't get your hopes up? You know, it's basically saying, you know what, you're just going a little bit too far. You're just dreaming something a little bit too big, so don't get your hopes up because it's probably not going to work out. I'm here to tell you today, it's time to get your hopes up. It's time to get your hopes up. Maybe not on a situation or an outcome, but it's time to get your hopes up, to put our hope in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who came, who, ro- uh, who died on the cross and who rose again, Jesus Christ our Lord, the one who gives us hope. It's time for us to get our hopes up, to allow our faith to grow. Yes, maybe you've had some bad breaks in life, and guess what? God can use it. He says that he can use even the difficulties that we face for his glory. For his honor. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Here's the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, Christ is the hope. Jesus is the hope of glory. That is why Jesus came to this earth. That is why he was born 2,000 years ago. That's why he came, was to give us hope. In your notes, hope is the certainty that we have that God is good, that he knows what's going on, that he is not getting caught off guard by the situations that we face. This is the hope that we have, that his promises are true. This is the hope that we have, and it's embodied in Jesus himself, because he is our hope. Jesus came to this earth to bring us hope. See, the the promise of the Bible isn't that we won't suffer. Some people say if you follow Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's not the promise in the Bible. The promise in the Bible is not that you'll have all the money you could ever want. No, the promise in the Bible is this, that we can have hope. That we can have salvation. That God will provide our needs according to his riches. That he will restore the brokenness in our life. That he offers us eternal life. That he offers us a place in heaven with him. That we can be with him one day if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. This is the promise. This is the gospel. This is what the promise that the Bible gives us is that we can have hope. So is your hope misplaced? Are we placing our hope in money? Are we placing our hope in our job or our education? Are we placing our hope in in some relationship? Whenever we place our hope in these things, inevitably it all falls short. The psalmist says in Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. This is saying that some trust in the government or the military power, some trust in their own strength, some trust in their own wisdom, some trust in their own skills, some trust in all kinds of things, some trust in in their own ability to, to do things, and some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, that's where we put our trust. I'm not gonna put my trust in me because I will let myself down every single time. I will let myself down. 
Every bad decision I've ever made in my life, guess what? I had a part to play in that. Like, I helped myself figure that out. Every bad decision, every bad choice, I was there for it. So I cannot trust in myself, but I can put my trust in God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. So my hope is not in my skill. My hope is not in my job or my relationship. My hope is not placed in my talent. My hope is not placed in my own strength, but my hope is placed in God. And that is not a hope that God would just simply remove all the suffering from my life, that God will remove every difficulty from my life. Because if that's where my hope is placed, I will always end up being disappointed because if there's one thing the Bible does promise is that you're going to have difficult times. But what he's saying is that even in the difficulties, you can have hope. Hope for tomorrow. Hope in the middle of hardships and problems. In your notes, God will give us hope in the middle of difficulty. You know, there's no such thing as a hopeless situation. There's only hopeless people. The situation is not hopeless but it's the people. It's me and it's you. We can lose hope, but the situation, there is always hope if my hope and faith is placed in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sure, he came and he was born and we like to celebrate a little baby in a manger and that's all well and good, but it's important for us to realize that he lived and he grew and he lived a perfect life and he took the penalty of my sin on his back as he was crucified and died and on the third day he rose again and that is where my hope is that he paid the price once and for all. In the classic Christmas carol, O Holy Night, and one of my favorite lines is there. It says, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The weary world, doesn't that kind of feel like our world that we live in now? It's like it's weary. You turn on the news and it's like, man, you're still talking about this. You're still complaining about this. It's all still bad news. It's the weary world. This weary world, it's weary, it's overwhelming, it's bringing anxiety. We have you know, failed relationships and disease and financial problems. It's this weary world, and I can barely keep my head above water. Can you relate with this weary world? He says, the thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said to me, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest are you feeling weary are you feeling tired are you feeling worn out are you feeling like i don't know if i can go on another day i don't know if i have hope to carry on he says come to me all you who are weary sometimes we get this idea that god doesn't want us to be around him if we're weary if we feel weighed down with life like god man he, he just wants perfect people no he says, come to me, you are weary, and carry heavy burdens. Come who are broken. Come with the jacked up past. Come with everything, and I will give you rest. The thrill of hope. It's a thrill to have hope when you're living in a weary world. And this is the hope that changes everything. This is the thrill of hope, the weary world. What does the weary world do with the thrill of hope? It rejoices. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And if there's weariness in you, the thrill of hope will come 
we can have the faith to rejoice, to rejoice in the difficulties, to rejoice in the situations and the circumstances that we face because even in the chaos of night, even in the darkness, even in the sickness, even in the trouble and adversity, there is a new and glorious morning. It does not matter how dark the night gets in the morning the sun will rise again. And it doesn't matter how dark your night, your day even may be because the sun has risen and Jesus Christ is Lord and he's come to give us hope. See, too many people are trying to survive in a hope-deprived life. They're putting their hope in all the wrong places. They're trying to put their hope in, in money and politics and jobs and schools and, and another person and all of these things. But in your notes, the final thing is that you can lose hope when you put your hope in the wrong places. If you put it in the wrong place, inevitably you'll lose your hope. But we'll close with this verse. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, let us hold tightly. Let us hold tightly. Hold tight. You ever hold on tightly to something? Like you're holding on tightly. Maybe you're crossing a bridge, you know, up something high. Maybe you're climbing a mountain. Maybe, maybe you're doing something and you're holding tightly onto something. Hold tightly. Maybe you're, you're walking with a child in a crowd. You're like, you're holding on tightly to their hand. It says, let us hold on tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us hold tightly to the hope. If you want to grab onto something, grab onto this. Grab onto the hope of Jesus Christ and hold on to it tightly. We have hope. When Jesus was born, he brought hope into this world. And it says that he will always keep his promises. The promise that he has a hope for us. That he has an eternity plan for us in heaven. See, too many people, instead of holding on to hope, they let go of hope. And they grab a hold of something else. They grab a hold of fear. They grab a hold of anxiety. They grab a hold of worry and doubt. They grab a hold of depression. They grab a hold of anger. They grab a hold of so many other things. And it's time for us to let go of those things. Instead of holding on to the truth, they grab onto the lie. See, we need to do the opposite. We need to let go of the fear. We need to let go of the panic. We need to let go of the doubt. And we need to hold on to hope. Hold on. Let us hold on tightly without wavering to the hope that we have. The hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we need to hang on to his promises because his promises are true. His promises are always true that he loves you and that he wants you in his family. And there's room at his table for you. And maybe you've come and you're weary and you're broken and you're carrying heavy burdens. God is saying he wants to give you rest. So let's hold on to the hope. Let's hold on to Jesus because Jesus came to give hope. Let's let go of the things that are holding us down, that are pulling us back, that are causing the anxieties and depressions in our life. Let us let go of those things and cling to Jesus. Let us hold tightly to this hope that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord because Jesus came and he died and he's risen again and we celebrate not a baby in a manger but a risen king who came and he set us free and he forgave our sins and he breaks the bondages and gives us freedom from the addiction for anyone who calls on his name let us let go of the lies let us let go of the fear and hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ our king let's pray God, we come to you now and we thank you. 
We thank you for giving us hope. Even in the dark days, and the dark times, even in the difficult situations, even in the sickness, even in the pain, even in the loss, even in the loneliness. There's the thrill of hope. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, he's got a gift for you. The gift of hope. God's word says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you say with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord. Just a decision. I'm deciding to follow Jesus, and if that's where you are, what better time than now as we celebrate Christmas and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. God, even in the weariness, even in the burdens, even in the shame that so many of us carry, even in the guilt of the past, even in the mistakes that we've made long ago, And not so long ago, we thank you that you sent Jesus to give us hope. He's the giver of life and the giver of hope. And we turn over our faith to Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we thank you for sending him in a dark time, in a dark day, that you sent the light into this world, that you sent the light that you brought this light and the darkness cannot overcome this light and that you're giving the light to each and every one of us. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your power. We thank you for giving us hope that even if we thought tomorrow was going to be darker than today, we know that you are in control and our hope is not in a situation. Our hope is not in an outcome. Our hope is not in money. Our hope is not in another person. But we place our hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who came, was born, who lived, who died, died who rose again the king of kings the lord of lords emmanuel god with us the prince of peace we put our hope in you in jesus name amen